Well, let's have a Thanksgiving uh, message today. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, a Thanksgiving text. So it means I have to tell some obligatory Thanksgiving stories. One Thanksgiving, a family seated around their table looking at the holiday bird, something like the Cratchit family looking at their Christmas goose. And from the oldest to the youngest, they praised the bird and the hands that prepared it and the one who gave it and so forth. When they came to the five-year-old, he looked at the turkey and he thanked the turkey. And he said that uh, he knew that it would uh, taste really, really good. Then he started to thank others, beginning with the mother who cooked the turkey, dad who purchased the turkey. Then he went on. He said, "I, I thank you for the checker at the grocery store. Uh, who checked out the turkey for dad. I thank you for the grocery store people who put it uh, on the shelf. I thank you for the farmer uh, who made it fat. I thank you for the man who made the feed. And he traced the family tree of that uh, turkey all the way down. And uh, he stopped and he said, well, did I leave anything out? And his big brother said, yeah, you forgot God. He said, oh, I was getting around to him. Now, that's the way we treat Thanksgiving. It's the day when we finally get around to God. It's the day when we finally say, oh, yeah, <clears throat> let, me, <clears throat> let me thank God for these blessings. Now, I hope that your day of Thanksgiving was truly a day of Thanksgiving, and I hope that it's more than a day. But I, if not, I pray that uh, <clears throat> this service today will help you a little bit to understand the vitality uh, of, of thanksgiving every day. Every year I receive some texts, some thanksgiving texts from different people that I know in other parts. I'm thankful for you. <clears throat> Thank you for your friendship. And various. I always appreciate those texts, and they, they send me the, uh, the text. And so this morning I have chosen <clears throat> a thanksgiving text, uh, one that... Uh, that we could send or could embrace year-round. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now this verse tells us that we are to give thanks for everything, even our circumstances. You're in a set of circumstances today that are a little unusual, uncomfortable, tight, not exactly what you want. Well, the Bible says give thanks in every set of circumstances. I don't want little Avery to be in the hospital this morning. But if I live this text, I will give thanks for all the doctors. I'll give thanks for whatever it was, that was that's wrong with her being detected early <clears throat> and, and so on. Sometimes the circumstances of our lives don't seem to be something about which we can or should give thanks Oftentimes, they are truly bad, but still, we are to look for something to be thankful for. Someone has said this, I used to think people complained because they had a lot of problems, but I've come to realize that they have problems because they complain. Complain, Complaining doesn't change anything, excuse me, doesn't change anything or make situations better. Most people have someone to whom they complain, and usually we have things that we complain about the most. 
we call them pet peeves. You have a pet peeve, you have something that <clears throat> just gets your goat every time. Uh, we're going to talk more about uh, this problem of complaining in a minute, but, but I'll just tell you this. <clears throat> I'm trying to complain less. I'm, I'm making a, <clears throat> a conscious effort to complain less. And I will tell you that if, if you make a conscious effort, you'll know because when the complaining comes up and you just say, nah, let me just hold on to that, uh, it, <clears throat> it does make a difference. Complaining makes other people miserable, and it usually makes the one who's doing the complaining more miserable as well. Here's how Paul advises us in Philippians. <clears throat> he says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Is that who you are? Can you live your life without grumbling Can you live your life without arguing about it? Can you live a life that is not filled with disputings, aggravations? Are you a a person that can can somehow or another navigate uh, various aspects of life and and do so even when they're negative without grumbling about it? A positive and a thankful person is a tremendous witness in a world that's very, very dark. Our light shines when we're thankful, when we live it, and when we express it. And so <clears throat> the message of our text, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is a, a message that we're going to embrace today. This is a text we're going to embrace. As we begin our, the next phase of our holiday season, here's what I want to give you. I want to give you three things, okay, first of all. We have it so good. Secondly, we enjoy it <clears throat> so much. Thirdly, we express it so little. Well, let's talk about <clears throat> how good we have it. We have it so good. I had a wonderful childhood. I was the last of nine children. Most of you know about that. <clears throat> there were many exciting moments in the Ray household because there were a lot of people in the Ray household. Now, the other side of that is that our family usually didn't have what other families had. My dad had a, <clears throat> a sixth grade education. My mother had a ninth grade education. They had nine children, and the reason they had nine children was probably the reason that a lot of people had big families back then so that there would be people to help work the crops and work the, <clears throat> the farm. And so that was, uh, that was pretty much the reason <clears throat> that they had so many children, that and, and the lack of cable television. Uh, <clears throat> but I had a wonderful childhood. Other kids had things that I didn't have. I'm trying to think... I believe every kid that I knew in my neighborhood had their own bedroom. Every kid had their own bedroom. Now, to me, that would have been a luxury. To me, having my own bed would have been a luxury. I slept in the bed <clears throat> with my brother, and uh, we, we did the, the classic, all right, put a line down the middle of the bed, and <clears throat> don't you cross over there, and I won't cross over there, and then, then if we were mad at each other, one would put a toe across the line, and, you know, it was World War III in there. <clears throat> I didn't have a bedroom. I didn't have a bed to myself. 
I never had a bicycle. I never had a, <clears throat> a new bicycle until, and I never had a new one, but I, the only time I ever got one was when my cousin, who was an only child, and, and he was that proverbial child that, <clears throat> you know, if I would had you first, I wouldn't have had any more. They had him first. So uh, <clears throat> he was <clears throat> the only child. And whenever he would get a new bicycle, they would, I, I, in fact, I remember two specific times in my life that they <clears throat> came over to the house on Sunday afternoon, and they brought me the bicycle that Jackie used to have. And I was tickled to death <clears throat> to get it. For the first few years of my life, I ate standing at the corner of the table. There wasn't a place. Did any of you ever eat standing at the corner? Uh, <clears throat> I did. I ate stand. Literally, the table had a corner. I would stand at the corner and eat at the table and, and eat standing at the corner because <clears throat> there was no place for me to sit. Literally, it was a, <clears throat> a <clears throat> not an impoverished childhood, but <clears throat> not, not a, a privileged one. I'll tell you this. We never <clears throat> had soft drinks in the house. I cannot remember having a soft drink in the house when I was a kid. Now, when I became a teenager, we probably had some, but, but <clears throat> as a kid, I never remember. And it was a big deal <clears throat> when we would go somewhere and I would get a Coke. It was a big deal. Or an RC Cola and a Moon Pie. It was a, <clears throat> it was a big thing. I'll tell you this. I remember, I'm not complaining about my childhood, I had a great childhood, but I remember as a child eating at a restaurant one time <clears throat> in my whole childhood. I remember, again, when I became a teenager, I <clears throat> we ate at restaurants, but as a child, I ate at a restaurant one time. Let me tell you something, kids. We were so poor that we went to KFC to lick other people's fingers. That's how... <clears throat> <clears throat> That's how bad it was. Nick, you got it good now. We, we had to go lick other people's fingers. <clears throat> All that being said, I never wanted to be somebody else's kid. I never wanted to live in another house. <clears throat> I, I, didn't, I didn't want to live across the street, Buddy Lambert and his parents. <clears throat> I, I, you know, I wanted to play with the toys that Buddy had, and I did. But I didn't want to live over there. I wanted to go home at night. <clears throat> the Bible tells us to think about how good that we have it and to have <clears throat> the right attitude about what God has given to each of us. 1 Timothy six seventeen. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. <clears throat> Where did you come from? Has life changed for you since you were a child? Now, most of us grew up in a, <clears throat> in a setting where our parents wanted our lives to be better than their life was. That's the way most of us have grown up. Most of us have <clears throat> grown up in a setting where our parents tried to push us along. They wanted us to have more education than they had. They wanted us to have uh, better things than they had and, and so on. And so most of us <clears throat> have things today that we didn't have when we were children. Most of us have things today that we didn't grow up <clears throat> having. Now, the Bible says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty. You know who that is? That's me and you. Because most of us have 
stuff. We have stuff that we never dreamed of having. If you were to go home today and you were to take an inventory of just things that you have around you that you didn't have when you were a kid growing up, your family didn't have when you were a kid growing up, it would be amazing what you have that you didn't have then. Most of us, if not all of us, have it very, very good. Now, why then aren't we more thankful? Why can't we see how much God has given to us? Well, there are a few reasons for that. Here's one of the reasons that I like to point out often. It's because of comparing. We compare what we have with what others have. Here's a verse that keeps me grounded. This really does keep me grounded. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they're without understanding. King James Version says they're not wise. Competition is one thing, but comparing is a completely different thing. We are encouraged to live life with the purpose and drive of that, say, competition might give us, but we are told to live without a sense of comparing. It's okay to push to get ahead. Paul wrote, do you uh, not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives a prize? So run that you may obtain it. I was listening to um, Kara uh, Wynn and and uh, Holly Gorham and Robert Kraft talk about running in the, the turkey trot the other day. I assume that's what they were talking about, running in the turkey trot. I did that one time. <clears throat> that, that'll be it. But uh, <clears throat> they were talking about ran, running in the turkey trot and how that uh, t- uh, Kara and, and uh, uh, Holly <clears throat> did their personal best They had their personal best. And they said, you know, when you get in a race, I think Robert walked most of his, but but no, he didn't. He he ran. When they were talking about in the race that that there was this sense that was different than when they were just out running, training, and and whatever. When people pass you, uh, you you have this sense of of competition, and you you say, I want to run like I'm going to win. That being said, It doesn't mean that we compare. We don't say, well, you know, my life is bad because I've not achieved this or I've not achieved that or I'm not at at another place. People who who live by comparisons have a hard time in seeing their lives honestly. I mean, think about the people that you can compare your life with. I, I I had to take my car in the other day, and, <clears throat> and uh, they, they gave me a ride. It was a study day for me, so they gave me a ride back to my house to study. And, and the guy that was driving, <clears throat> it was a pickup truck that he took, took, took me back in. And so I, <clears throat> I was talking to the guy, and, and uh, I'll be honest with you, this guy looked like the ancient of days. He was, he was a, little, uh, you know, a little decrepit, a little bent over, uh, you know, he, he, he talked like an old guy, and, uh, you know, we were talking along, and, and uh, I said to him, <clears throat> he, he talked about, well, I've got this, and I've got that, and, and so I just, you know, I figured the guy was, 
well on up in years. And so I said to him, <clears throat> I said, his name's David. I said, David, <clears throat> how old are you? And he said, oh, I'm 66. I went, holy cow. I went home. I mean, as soon as I got to the house, I went and looked in the mirror. <clears throat> I, tried, <laughs> I tried to speak with this sense of purpose and, and uh, so on. But I found myself comparing myself to him. Now, the odd thing is I felt pretty good about myself that day. Then the next day I went to Gold's Gym, and there's a guy in there who's in his 70s who looks like Charles Atlas, and uh, <clears throat> that guy depressed me. We, we, the reason that we have it so good and, and fail to see it is because of comparing. Here's another reason that we fail to see it. It's because of coveting. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, <clears throat> I will never leave or forsake you. Once we get in, in motion to compare what we have with those people around us, we start wanting what they've got. We start wanting their stuff or stuff like their stuff. <clears throat> we want a house like theirs. We want a a car like theirs. We want to be able to go where they went. We want to be able to do the things that they do. And we start, <clears throat> we start wanting. Now, again, prosperity is not a bad word. There's nothing wrong with prosperity. Prosperity is a good thing. But there's this tendency that we have when we start comparing to start coveting. And I want what other people have. I wish I could do that. I wish that had happened to me. I wish, I wish, I wish. Well, why do you wish that? <clears throat> what difference does it make? What, what, what difference does it make if somebody else has something that you don't have, can do something that you can't do? You know, what difference does it make? It makes no difference unless you really feel like your self-worth is measured based on what they can do that you can't do. <clears throat> When, when I was a teenager, when I was a young teenager, I, I, was, I was a little guy. I was in, in um, oh man, when I was a, probably a sophomore in high school, I was a little guy. Not just a little short, um, fat kid. That's all you could say. I have a nephew who's a radio personality in Atlanta. That's why he, how he refers to himself as fat kid. <clears throat> That's who I was. I was fat kid. I was just a little fat kid. And I'll be honest with you, I just lived in comparison because other guys, you know, they had muscle, hair on their legs, you know. And I was just this little fat kid. And I felt really, really bad because I lived my life in comparison to them. Oh, you would have felt real sorry for me. You really would have. You, you, would, have, you would have brought me stuff trying to spur my, my growth on. But then all of a sudden one day I woke up and my voice changed. I had this voice right here. Oh, it was way cooler than any other guy's voice in my, uh, in my class. I came back to school after a summer. And a uh, girl said, hey, Randy, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Well, hello there. <laughs> Did my best, best Barry White before Barry White was Barry White? <clears throat> Coveting. 
And then here's the other thing I said we'd talk about in a minute, complaining. Uh, we, we've got it good, but we have a hard time seeing it <clears throat> because we complain about the good things that we have. Have you ever come across this verse, 1 Timothy 6, 8? But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. <clears throat> How many of you have ever taken clothing or something else to the Goodwill or a thrift store? Would you raise your hand? <clears throat> How many of you have ever done that? Okay. It appears to be just about everybody in this room. Do you understand that that means that you had more than you needed? More than you could use? I have been to parts of the world where they wouldn't dream of taking stuff to the thrift store, to Goodwill. <clears throat> they wouldn't think about it because they don't have it good. Let's be honest. We have got it so good. Here's the second thing. We enjoy it so much. We love fun. We just love it. We'll do almost anything <clears throat> to have fun. But we have a hard time getting up in the morning to go to work. Some people, not you, you you're here today, but some people have a hard time getting up and come to church. They, they okay, um, they <clears throat> did something that lasted too late. And, man, it's just going to be hard to get up this morning and go to church. Here's what somebody said one time. We worship our work, we work at our play, and we play at our worship. Man, there's something in the Bible about that, by the way. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3, chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter 3 and verse 1. <laughs> but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. Uh, let me pull over and park there for a minute. <clears throat> Jan and I were, were talking about a family situation, not our immediate family, but, but uh, our extended family a little bit, where a young person has had something done for them and the response just really appeared to be just being ungrateful. This is what I, and I do, I fear this. I, those of you who are, and I'm not talking about just teenagers here, I'm talking about young adults and, and so on. I fear this lack of gratitude that we live in. I fear it. <clears throat> because that, that is an indication of other symptoms. Uh, the, the verse goes on <clears throat> and, and says that they're ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, <clears throat> treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness <clears throat> but denying its power. Did you see any of today in that? Do you hear any of today <clears throat> in that? This is the day in which we live. There isn't one <clears throat> aspect of the description we've just read <clears throat> that we cannot find in this world around us. We have come <clears throat> to focus on the fun. We focused on the blessings instead of the one who gives us the blessings. And, and a lot of our <clears throat> concern uh, today about this 
sense of entitlement. A lot of us have a concern about this sense of entitlement, but we have our own sense of entitlement. We talk about, well, we're just living where more people are on food stamps than ever before, and there's this sense of entitlement. And I understand that. But we have a, a personal sense of entitlement. We have this tendency to think that the blessings of life that God puts on our life is not a blessing but a right. We have a right, not a blessing, <clears throat> but a right. We don't understand grace and mercy. We understand <clears throat> that we have a, a right James 1.17 says, every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. <clears throat> when we are more excited about the gift than the giver, we probably love it too much. It's good <clears throat> to enjoy the blessings of God. However, the stuff becomes our focus, and we love it too much. We just love our stuff too much. We really do. We have it so good. We enjoy it so much. And we give thanks for so little. Charlie Brown brought out Snoopy's dinner on Thanksgiving Day. It was just a bowl of dog food. Snoopy took a look at the dog food and he said, this isn't fair. The rest of the world is eating turkey and all the trimmings, and all I get is dog food because I'm a dog. Then he stood there and he said, I could be the turkey. When you think of how unfair life is, you could be the turkey. We could have been born and raised in a third world country and have little or nothing. I was... um, at home yesterday, and I, my phone <clears throat> went, uh, started quacking, and uh, so I went and looked at it, and it was somebody wanting to FaceTime me, and it was <clears throat> Elijah Soratow, one of our missionaries. You know Elijah, <clears throat> and Elijah was was there, and and uh, <clears throat> I, uh, the FaceTime came up, and he had it on my friend Gene Mims from Nashville, who was in Romania. And Gene said, oh, hey there, Randy, how you doing? He said, I'm in your favorite restaurant. And I said, oh, you're there where they serve papare lavash. And he said, that's right. There's an Italian restaurant there that I like to go to. And I asked him one time if they made lavash, and they didn't know what that was. And I explained what that was. He said, I can make it. I said, well, go make it. So they went and made it and brought it out. It was really good. They've added it to their menu, and they call it Popare Lavash. Uh, Pope, Papa, Preacher, Pastor Ray Lavash. So uh, they texted me, or they, they FaceTimed me, and there was Gene there, and there was Elijah, and, and there was the, uh, the uh, owner of the restaurant. And uh, he said, Popare Lavash. And I said, yeah, Popare Lavash. We talked a little bit, and as I was talking to them, I thought about them. Here's here's some stuff you don't know. Um, One time, 
when I was there, and it's, it's probably this way now, and, and we would go out to eat, I found out just through a little insight, <clears throat> I found out that they were, that each of those individuals, like Elijah <clears throat> and Doru and the others, that when they would take me out to eat, they were paying for it out of their own pocket. <clears throat> well, they don't have that kind of money. Well, they really don't. And, uh, and so I found out about it, and I said, Who, who's paying for this? And they said, well, it's taken care of. And I said, no, you tell me, who's, who's paying for this? <clears throat> well, you know, I, I'm, and I said, are you paying for this personally? It's, it's good. And I said, no, it's not good. That is not a good thing. So we've got a rule. Here's the rule. We'll eat wherever we want to eat, but you're never going to pay again. I'll pay. Because I know, I literally know how much they make. I know that Elijah's family is operating a ministry on somewhere in the neighborhood, operating a ministry and his own life and so forth, somewhere in the neighborhood, well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, there, his income is in the teens. It's not big-time income. Oh, well, it's, <laughs> it's a lot cheaper over there. Well, some things are, some things aren't. I just tell you what, <clears throat> we, there's, there's no reason that all of us should not have been Romanian. There's no reason that all of us should not have been Kenyan. There's no reason that all of us, you understand? Other than <clears throat> by the grace of God. I mean, in, instead of thinking about what we wish we had, why can't we focus on what we have? We have a lot. I mean, a lot. It's amazing what we have. Why can't we give thanks in all circumstances? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There's always something to be thankful for. I want to just close with this. I'm thankful, somebody said, for the taxes I pay because it means I'm employed. Now, when you think, the Lord for taxes, you're really thankful. <clears throat> I'm thankful for the clothing that fits me a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. I'm thankful for my shadow that watches me work because it means I'm out in the sunshine. I'm thankful for a lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing because it means I have a home. The spot I find at the far end of the parking lot because it means I'm capable of walking. I'm thankful for my heating bill because it means I'm warm, unless you have a heat pump. All the complaining I hear about with our government because it means I have freedom of speech. The person behind me in church who sings off key because that means at least I can hear. The laundry and ironing because it means my loved ones are nearby. The alarm that goes off in the morning because it means I'm alive. And the weariness and aching muscles at the end of the day because it means I've been productive. There are a lot of reasons to thank the Lord. Here's what Job said. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So let's add it up. Let's add it up. Where did you really start?
What do you have now? And what are the prospects ahead? I mean, when you look at all of life to this point today, wouldn't you have to say, I've really had it good. And I've enjoyed it a whole lot. And I've probably been thankful too little. A little boy named David was born without an immune system. He underwent a bone marrow transplant in order to correct that deficiency. And up to that point, he had spent his life in a bubble. You've heard about those children. That protected him from exposure to germs and bacteria and viruses. He lived without ever knowing human contact. And when asked what he'd like to do if he were released from his protective bubble, he said this, I want to walk barefoot in the grass and touch my mother's hand. Wouldn't you agree that we have it so good and we enjoy it so much? And typically we're thankful too little. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's bow our heads for prayer.